Welcome to Jeremiah Smith Ministries, a place where you can grow in God's Word. All right, well, we are live. How you doing today? Are you doing good? Well, hey, this is Jeremiah Smith here. I'm so glad to get to be with you today. This is our church service here. We're here on Wednesdays and Sundays for you. And I'm so glad I get to be with you today. Are you are you having a good week? Are things going good for you? Well, I'm just checking in with you to see if everything's going all right. You know, it's nice to get to be with you every week and be a blessing to your life. We're here to be an encouragement to you. And I hope that you're feeling encouraged today. Are you having some challenges that you face this week? Well, we're here to encourage you and be a blessing to your life. Are you excited? about that today are excited that people care about you well we care about you because that's why we're here praise the lord amen amen you know you say well why would you care why would you want to do that well you know god's used lots of people to encourage me you know and i feel like i'm in debt to them so i can be an encouragement to you today you know i want to be that person that comes in there by the grace of the holy spirit and encourage you today and to see you fulfill your purpose that god has for your life and i believe god's going to do that today do you believe that I believe that, and that's why we're here today. And uh, you can catch us live every Wednesday and every Sunday. We're here on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central Time. Uh, I don't know what that factors into where you're at. We have people literally listen all over the world, and uh, so you might figure that into your time if you want to listen to the live services there. And, of course, on uh, Wednesday or Sundays, you're, you're, if you're here, you know that we're here at 4 p.m. Central Time, and uh, you're welcome to watch those live services if you'd like to. But if you can't catch the live service, it's no problem. Don't worry. Uh, you can follow us if you'd like to. Not trying to get you to be a follower, you know, but if you want to, you can follow us, and you'll you'll get the uploads, and uh, you'll get the uh, new messages. After we get done, we pretty much upload them right after we get done on YouTube, and we put them on uh, Podbeam. And uh, we have our most messages on Podbeam, and uh, we have nearly about 300 pod, uh, podcasts on Podbeam, so you're welcome to check those out and be encouraged with all those as well there. But if you're if you're a follower, you get all those things, and uh, you get to get the uploads as soon as the live services, so you can watch them on your own time there, you know, what's convenient for you. And, that, and the reason why I bring that up is because people have all kinds of different times across the world, you know, in different areas. You know, we were just in Arizona, about a two-hour difference, you know. And, uh, you know, you think about that, you know, you want to listen at the time time that's good for you and so play you can play those messages at a good time for yourself there you know you can listen to us on spotify google music itunes listen notes podbeam tune in off alexia iHeartRadio, stitcher deezer you can catch us on pandora amazon music verbal youtube uh, of course there's other ones out there we're also on ivox and audio junkie you know all kinds of different places there apple but uh, you can listen to us on just about every place there. And so you can uh, make sure that you're not missing any message there. You know, not all of them carry uh, all of our messages. Podbean carries all of our messages there. We have many videos on YouTube, but uh, you feel free to, to follow us wherever you like and get the latest content there. We also do coffee confessions. Hey, <laughs> man, and we'll be doing that about midnight tonight and uh, right after midnight. And uh, what that is, where I come along, basically, and I kind of coach you, kind of encourage you to do your confessions and calling those things that be not as though they were speaking the word over your week there, calling for a good week, not calling for a bad week, not calling for bad things to happen, but speaking good things for your week and your life. And that's what we do with coffee and confessions. So you feel free to do that. I have music behind me while I'm doing it. And uh, we make it a very short time so you can fit it with, in your lunch or before you go to work or after you go to work there. And if nothing else, it's just scriptures that you can meditate on and think about good things, the good things of God. 
And uh, we even do three little anointed prayers there. And I believe it'll be a blessing to you there. So you're welcome to check that out too. We'll have a new one that should be downloaded after midnight tonight and right about that time. And then you can listen to it throughout the week. So we try to do those for you to be a blessing to you and encourage you. If you'd like to give, you can give as well. Uh, you know, you can go to uh, jeremiasmithministries.podbean.com. You know, there's lots of information there, by the way. If you go to jeremiasmithministries.podbean.com, there's uh, information about who I am. There's a bio. Uh, there's information about our ministry there and the beliefs that we have and all kinds of things there at jeremiasmithministries.podbean.com. And so you can take advantage of those things and uh, check those things out there at uh, jeremiasmithministries.podbean.com. But uh, also, if you'd like to give, you can hit the giving tab. And uh, if you hit the giving tab, <coughs> excuse me there, and you hit the giving tab there, uh, Luke 6, 38 says, Give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And when you hit the giving tab, you can give there if you'd like to. There's no pressure to give. I'm not trying to, trying to pressure you, but if you'd like to, you can give there. And I believe God will bless you back. You can't outgive God. And I believe that he'll want, he wants to be a blessing to you. If you're not giving to us, though, make sure you're giving somewhere so God can produce the things in your life that you're needing there. He's a God that wants to increase you. He wants you to have a better life. And so it's important that you're giving. And make sure that you're giving in good ground. This is something he's been dealing with me a lot lately about, making sure that you give in good ground, not just giving everywhere. Make sure that you're being pray for, prayerful about where you give because you only want to put it in good ground. You know, My wife, she, she plants lots of things out there. She has a whole area where she has lots of plants, and it's important that she gets the right kind of things to plant her 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 uh, plants in. You know, the the right stuff that has the right nutrients for her plant to grow. And so, it's important that you make sure that you plant your seed in good ground. Do you agree with me on that? I believe that it's important. Praise the Lord. He talked about different grounds. If you look it up, there's some you can just plant different areas on the wayside and all kinds of different places. But you want to make sure if you want to harvest that you're sowing it where God wants you to sow it. And so it's important that you listen to the Holy Spirit in that. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to get into the word. Grab your Bible, get your tablet, get your phone, <laughs> grab someone else's Bible, get their tablet, get their phone, however you got to do it. But, uh, you know, don't get yourself hurt there, but make sure that you grab yourself something so that you can get into God's word. I got my Bible here. You can see me on camera here. We've got uh, my phone here. We've got a little everything going on here. And uh, I have a little things in my voice here. I apologize. I may be getting a drink here and there, but uh, we're going to make sure that we power through. Praise the Lord. Amen. I got this nice cup here. It says uh, Trophy Husband. And uh, <laughs> that's real spiritual for you out there. <laughs> but uh, we're getting ready for to get into God's word. Are you ready? Well, let's go ahead and pray real quick and uh, believe God for God to answer the things that needs to be answered through his message today. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you, Father, for your mercy today. You've been so good to us. We thank you, Father, that you're taking care of us. You see the future. You foresaw everything that we're facing today, Father, and you already prearranged and made a plan for it, Father. You, you're a God that sees ahead of time. You see stuff that's coming. And Father, we just thank you that we get to serve you, Father, a God that's all-knowing, knows everything before it happens. And Father, we just ask that you take care of us and guide us and direct us and be everything that we can be for you. Help us to be everything we can be for you, Father. We thank you for being so good for, to us, Father. You're too good to us. And Father, we just thank you for being a too good Father and you're being a too good Father to people listening that aren't even saved, Father. I think you're being too good to them right now, drawing them in by your Holy Spirit today. 
And Father, we ask that you help them to dedicate their lives to you today, seeing how good of a father you are today. And Father, we just ask that you help us as we get into this message so that we depend upon you, Father, by your Holy Spirit today. We ask that your Holy Spirit be our teacher, be our help, be our standby. And Father, we just ask you flood us with light today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Are you ready? Well, let's go over to Psalms 32.7. We're going to go there first today. Psalms 32.7. And I'm, like I said, I've had a few things in my voice, so I may be grabbing some drink here once in a while, but we're going to go ahead and keep on going here. Psalms 32.7, it says it like this. It says, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Selah. <laughs> Isn't that good? It says that you are my hiding place. You know, there's a place that we're all supposed to be in. God has a place that he likes you to be in. Every person listening by the sound of my voice, there's a certain place that you're supposed to be. Did you know that? He has a place for you, a good place. It's a place of peace. It's a place of joy. It's a place where you can be fulfilled. Your, your areas that you feel like you're empty in, he'll make you full. There's a place that you can go to where you can grab a cup of joy, grab a, some peace, grab some, grab some things that are fulfilling in your life, fulfilling those voids in your life right there in his place. He has a place for you, and we're supposed to live in that place. Let's look here, and David talks about that. Psalms 91, it says it like this, the 90th verse says, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Notice that he says he's their dwelling place for all generations. It's This is a place that all the generations should be dwelling. We're supposed to dwell in this place. God has a place for us. You know, it's a lot better place than what the world has, right? A place where they're still shooting up drugs and drinking and you never find peace, never find hope. You know, a Christian has a place that they can go to every day. And David understood this. You read the Psalms and you can see David understood there was a place that he could go. There's a place that he could go get refilled and rejuvenated, rejuvenated in his life. You know, and we're supposed to be living in that place. Psalms 91.1, here's another time that he refers to this. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Notice what he says, though, that dwelleth in a secret place. You know, I like to go to the secret place. I don't know about you. I get. I like to get up in the morning and get right into the secret place of the Most High, under the shadow of the Almighty. That's where I like to go. I like to live in the secret place every day, you know, where nothing matters. All the cares of life don't matter. You know, this is a place I can go with just me and God. You know, it's a, it's a wonderful place, a place of fulfillment. You know, I can come away full feel different about my day. You know, it's a secret place. It's a place God has just for you. You know, I'll talk to my wife, you know, and sometimes we talk about stories where we used to go out. I used to go out by the lake and just read my Bible and just spend time with the Lord, just a little place that I like to spend time with him, you know, you know, and she used to talk about how she liked to pull off and look at scenery and spend time with the Lord, you know, but, you know, there's nothing like getting in his place, not just those places, but in his place. Spending time with him, with the Most High, in the secret place of the Almighty God. Here he, again, he talks about it in Psalms 119, 114. It says, Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. You know, he's a hiding place. He's a place you can hide from the world. 
He's a place where you can have peace when everything's been thrown at you. There's a place that you can go on a daily basis where you can hide from the world and spend time under his shield while he protects you from everything around you. There's a place that he has just for you every day, and he wants you to be there. He wants you to spend time in this place. We're going to look at this some more, but he wants you to live in that place every day. This is what he meant for man at the beginning of time. He he wanted him to spend time in his place. You weren't supposed to live outside that place. You know, you, you, a fish is supposed to live in water, right? And uh, if he gets outside the water, he dies. You know, you, you have a place that you're supposed to be in, an environment you're supposed to be in. And that's in the place that God has for you. David understood this place. Why is this place so important to us? Well, it's a place of protection, right? It's a place of hope. David talked about his hope there in the Psalms. It's a place that preserves you, it talks about in the scripture. It's a, you know, preserves you, keeps you good, keeps you full of joy, keeps you from being contaminated by the world. It's a it's an important place that we're supposed to live in every day. And the place is God's presence, right? That's the place we're supposed to live in every day is God's presence, you know. And once you taste it, you won't want nothing else. If you've really tasted his manifested presence, nothing else will suffice you. <laughs> nothing else will make you happy. But living in his presence. I remember when I was younger, uh, we were in a dead church, you know, I've talked about this many times, you know, but this church was, I mean, it was dead, <laughs> right? And uh, we'd sit on the back row, you know, it seemed like every time mom would go to church, we'd sit on the back row, you know, if I went with my grandfather, he wanted to sit on the front row, you know, every church I went to, it seemed like he wants the front row, you know, he wants to be there where the spit was flying, you know, but he was hungry for God. He always was hungry for God, you know, he wanted to be in the front, you know, mom would want to sneak into the back, you know, but my, my, my grandfather always wanted to be in the front. Well, you know, they were, my mom started going to church, you know, when we were younger, you know, and stuff. And she started, she wanted to get me into an environment, you know, where I would be changed. She'd experienced this when she was younger. And, uh, you know, she had a hunger for God and wanted to have, wanted to have a tangible presence of God, you know. So her and my grandfather, they made it their, their thing to make sure that I found the right church where I actually experienced God's manifested presence, you know. And wow, what a difference that made in my life, you know. But I'll never forget, we'd go to all these churches. And uh, we'd go to many, many churches. My grandfather would take us every Sunday looking for a new church, you know. And uh, it was a very interesting experience, you know. If you haven't been to a whole bunch of churches, it's, it is an interesting experience to go around to a bunch of churches. But I was amazed, you know, how many he'd take me to, and they just seemed so dead, you know, just dead. I mean, nothing different than the one I was at, you know. I mean, we'd be in the back row, and there'd be someone filing their nails in the back, you know. And church should be exciting. You should be excited about being there. With You're going to see God, not to file your nails, you know. We're supposed to be experiencing something when we go to church. We're supposed to feel something when we go to church. And, uh, you know, and so they're traveling around, taking me around to these churches, you know, and Man, me and my friend, you know, we were we dressed like hoodlums, long hair, you know, and all kinds of. We'd be decked out in black clothes, you know, and everything, because we were we wanted to be rockers, you know, and everything. And so it was probably an interesting experience at that time, you know. They weren't real thrilled when you come in with long hair and look like the world, you know, because they're dressed in suits, and it, it was an interesting experience, you know. But uh, I'll never forget. We finally found this church, you know. I'll never forget. We got we walked in there. And uh, it was different. People were excited and pumped up. And this, the environment was so different, you know. And 
I'll never forget when we got there, how the presence of God just changed me, boy, just affected my life. You know, it was so different than all the other churches, you know, in your church, you should feel the presence of God when people come in. It's not going to be how about your 55 classes that you have and all the things that you have to offer in your church. You know, the seven churches in the book of Revelations, you know, you look at those seven churches, they all had works, right? They all had things that they were doing. He, he, he talked about that right at the beginning. He said they all had works when he talks to them about the issues that they had in those churches. But, you know, the presence of God is what's important in those churches. You know, the power of God was very important. If you're at a dead church today, you need to find one with the power of God or be in services that are inspiring by the spirit of the Holy Spirit, you know, that'll affect your life. You know, you don't need to be going to some dead church. Go to a church that has life. You say, well, did you just tell me <laughs> that I shouldn't be going to this church? Well, you should, if it's not, if God's not there, there's no reason to be there. You know, we're supposed to be in a church that has the power of God. Paul talked about that. He talked about how he came in the spirit of power, you know, and power in the church has a lot to do with how, how the church is conducting and how they're doing things. And we should be experiencing his presence when we go to the services, you know. But anyway, I was at this church. And it, it changed my life. You know, of course, I had lots of issues. I hadn't been saved. I got saved at that church, you know, and I had to grow spiritually. Lots of things I needed to grow out of. But it changed me forever to be in his presence, the place where we're supposed to be. There's something about being in the place of his presence. You need to live in his presence on a daily basis. If you want change in your life, good lasting change comes from being in the father's presence. There's nothing, no substitute, nothing else you can get for that. You can't go to Walmart and pick it up, right? Target doesn't have it. You you have to go get it yourself, the presence of God. You see, once you have tasted his presence, there is no substitute. You see, the place everybody you need to live every day is God's manifested presence. I was listening to a minister not too long ago. He said, I don't feel God. I don't feel God. I, well, I feel him every day because I spend time in his presence. You don't, you know, if you know how to get into his presence, then you can feel him every day. There's a presence that's tangible of God that you can live in every day. It's tangible. It's a presence that you can live and feel every day. And I'm not just after the feeling, but I want to be in his presence. That's what you should seek after every day. You shouldn't settle for something less than that every day. You need to have the manifested presence of God. You say, well, you're a minister. That's why you taste his presence. That's not limited to ministers. No, no, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, the manifested glory of God in your life. That's the, that's the thing that's in you when you're saved is Christ in you, the Holy Spirit in you, and he manifests in your life. If you let him manifest into your life, you say, how's that happen? Well, you got to tap into it every day and live in the manifested presence of God. There are many places in the Bible that are referring to this place. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Genesis 2.8 says it like this. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put man whom he formed. But notice there's a place that he put man. He put him in the garden of Eden. He didn't put him just in anywhere. Now, he created the environment for him to live in, and then he put him into it. Eden was a place where Adam lived with God's presence every day, a manifested presence. You say, is that, how do I know that? Well, Genesis 3, 8 says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence. What did it say there? The presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. So 
God walked around in this garden. His presence was all over this garden, <laughs> right? You don't have to be too close to him to feel his presence. His presence was all over this garden. But he didn't just do that. He crowned Adam with glory and honors, what the scripture says. He was crowned with his glory. I mean, his glory is his manifested presence is what it is. And so he was supposed to live in this environment of God's presence every day. And that's what he meant for man. As soon as he started mankind, that's what you're supposed to live in today is his manifested glory and his presence every day. That's what man lost from the Garden of Eden. And that's what we, Jesus brought back to us was the manifested glory and presence by the Holy Spirit. When you're saved, you know, the Holy Spirit comes inside your spirit. You say, I'm a spirit. Yeah, the real you is a spirit. And then the Holy Spirit comes into that spirit, and then he manifests himself into your life if you let him do that on a daily basis. You say, well, why is this important? Well, change comes from the glory. Real change, if you want change in your life, comes from his glory. You can't do this on your own. You can't make changes in your life. You can't make things happen by yourself. You have to have the glory of God on a daily basis to have a change in your life, any kind of change in your life. If you want to be more loving, you got to get around love, <laughs> right? If you want to have more peace, you got to get around the Prince of Peace. You know, if you want to have joy, you got to get around the, the joyous God of our Father to have that in your life. You have to live in his presence. God even crowned him with glory and his manifested presence on Adam. Hebrews 2, 7 talks about that. The angels were looking down. They're like, what is he doing? <laughs> right? And he creates man. And this is the account that he gave to him. It says, thou, and this is the angels talking. It says, thou madest him a little lower than the angels and crownest him with glory and honor. Did it set him over the works of thy hands? Wow. Think about that. They were looking and they were dumbfounded by what God was making. He was making a man in his own image. And he was making a man with glory and honor. Think about that today. He, he, he made a man to live in his presence. He made for you to live in his presence on a daily basis. And, you know, you don't function right if you're not in his presence. You do stuff that you wish you didn't do. You act different than you wish you'd act because you don't spend time in his presence, you know. You know, things don't act right when they're not in the right environment. Environment's the most key thing to a Christian's life. It's the key thing to everything living's, you know, life, if they're not in the right environment. Some dogs are meant to be outside. Some dogs are meant to be inside, you know. Their environment's important, you know. And, the, and the, you know, you don't, you don't take a bird that's supposed to be indoors and pretty outdoors, you know, in the wild, <laughs> you know. We have a bird's why I say that, you know, and he's comfortable in the air conditioning. He's comfortable in his cage. You know, you put him out there and burning up and hot, you know, that's a different environment, you know, and you're supposed to be in the right environment that God calls you to praise the Lord. So the first man was created in, in God's place and was supposed to live in his manifested presence. Where is man supposed to be today? He's supposed to be in his manifested presence every day. You say, well, why is that important? I'll tell you why it's important. We got a world that's going crazy out there, right? But if you're living in his presence, you don't have to be bothered by the world. I'm not saying it won't, some things won't bother you that happen in the world, but I'm saying that you don't have to let it get to you. You don't have to let stress in. You can live in his, his peace 
that surpasses all understanding in his presence. You know, the enemy's always trying to get you to come out of his presence. He spends his his time all the time trying to get you outside of his presence, you know, because he wants to hinder your life. But if you get in that presence, you're protected there. You have you have the things that you need there. That's a shield to your life. But you're supposed to be living in his presence on a daily basis. Moses had a place where he he met God. Let's look at that Exodus, the 34th chapter and 29th verse. It says, and it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, he had a mountain. He had a mountain that he went up to to visit with the Lord. Do you have a mountain? Do you have a place that you go to visit the Lord? Oh, my mountain sometimes is in here in this office. You know, I'll go pray at the futon or pray at my chair here. It's it's where I go and spend time with God, you know. But there's a place that you can get into if you'll spend some time with the Father. Moses knew about this place. He really knew well about it. He says, with the two tablets of the testimony of Moses' hand, and when he came down from the mount that Moses witnessed, not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. But notice, though, his face, it was shining so much so they had to cover his face. You know, and he spent some time. No, spending time with him makes a noticeable difference to others. You know, I mean, the people, they can tell when you spend time with the Lord. There's a difference about you. There's fruit from spending time in that place that you're supposed to be in. You know, you, you have a little more joy than the regular person, <laughs> right? You're not all stressed out like some people. Because you've given it to the Lord, you've spent time in the place, you know, there's there's peace about you and it, and it affects people around you, it helps them to have peace, you know, because you're spending time in his presence. You know, you're getting wisdom. Moses went up there and he got the Ten Commandments. He got direction for the people there and for his life. You know, you can get direction in his presence. See, we're supposed to live in this this place all the time. That's where we're supposed to live. Every day, dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, glory to God. That's the place you want to live. Every day. That's where I want to live. Every day is in the presence of the Most High. Notice he got direction in that place. Everything we need is in that place. God can talk to you a little easier in that place. You know, and that doesn't mean he can't talk to you when you've done wrong and things like that. Remember, Adam done wrong, and he could still hear his voice. God's called him back to that place, right? God wants you in that place, and he'll call you back to it where he can speak to you, but you can hear him anywhere. He can speak loud. <laughs> he can speak clear. He can, you can hear him anywhere you're at because he's a, he's a God that can be heard everywhere. He's everywhere at one time, and he can speak to you right there where you're at. David, who talked, we talked about earlier, understood this place because he lived in it most of his life. You know, that's why we get so much from David, because this was something he loved God. Matter of fact, he was in the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. Why is that? Well, I think it's because he lived in that place. He didn't want to be without that place. He, you know, if you study his life, he's quick to repent. He wanted to be in that place, <laughs> right? He, he he talked about it throughout the songs, and, and he, or he started at an early age living in it. Let's look at that real quick. The 16th chapter in the first verse here of uh, Samuel, the uh, 16th chapter in the first verse, it says, And the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul? Saul had the chance to live in the place, and he didn't do it very well. You know, he, he ended up going and doing the wrong things, getting in the wrong environment, you know. And we need to all live in his place. Since I have rejected him as king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. 
But Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me one I, I, I indicate. He said, Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembling met him and asked, do you come in peace? And Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice. And he says, and with me, and he considered Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. And when they arrived, Samuel saw Eleb and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands before me, the, the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I love that about God. You know, he, he doesn't care what you look like. He doesn't care if you talk right. You know, he picked a Moses, and Moses was a person that, you know, he didn't talk right. He had a speech problem. You know, he'll use whoever he wants. Maybe today you think today he won't use you. Well, he'll use whoever he wants. You know, you may think today I, I can't be used by God. Well, he uses whoever he wants. If he called you, he called you, you know, and he doesn't care if you have limitations that you think you have. He doesn't see it that way. He sees things unlimited, you know. Moses wasn't confident, so he sent Aaron to Aaron to help him, right? And Aaron helped him. So he had a helper with him, you know, and maybe today, you know, you think, well, I'm all alone. God's called me and I don't know if I can fulfill it. He may send you some help, you know, somebody that'll help you fulfill your purpose that God has for you. Don't limit yourself by the things that you can do, and what you can't do. You need to see the unlimited possibilities of God. The eighth verse is that Jesse called and had him press in the front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen his, this one either. Yeah, his son was pressing there. Jesse then had a shaman pass by, but Samuel said, nor has this Lord has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? So the one that he thought was least likely to succeed, you know, was the the back of the class, the <laughs> the one that you know he thought was the F student, the one that wasn't going to be the one that they would pick. That's the one God picked, the least likely one out of all of them. He sent seven of them across his path, but God didn't care about those seven. He wanted the one he wanted. You know, he he looks at your heart. You know, God's looking at your heart today. He doesn't care about anything about your appearance. He cares about your heart. You know, this new covenant's all about your heart. If you study it, you'll see it's about the heart of your giving. It's about the heart of your worship. You know, God, he cares about your heart and, and how you look at things towards him. There is still the youngest Jesse answered, and he is ten of the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. I like that about Samuel. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing, glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. <laughs> the one that they, they didn't even run across him. The one they, they thought that he wouldn't be considered, you know. You know, and some people may have rejected you today and maybe thought made you feel like you weren't valuable or you're, you're the, the back of the class, you know, and yet God's looking at your heart. You know, and God's looking at you because he wants you to fulfill the destiny he has for your life. The 13th verse, it says, Samuel took the horn of oil 
and anointed him with the presence. What's it say there? The presence of his brother, uh, presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David and Samuel then went to Ramah. That's interesting. You know, you think about that today. He anointed him with his presence. He wanted him to be in the place. Think about that today. He's anointed you. The Bible talks about that. We can go to several scriptures about that. If you're saved today, he anoints you with his presence. He gives you his presence. He says you are the temple of God, and he puts his presence within you. But you think about that. We're supposed to live in the presence. You're supposed to go in to the place that God wants you to live in, the presence daily. David understood this. He knew it from an early age that he was supposed to live in his presence throughout his life. You know, God wants you to live in his presence throughout your whole life. He wants you to live there and dwell there. Nothing better than his presence. He wants you to live there and be and live in his anointed presence, dripping all over you. Oh, you think about that. He wants you to live in his presence on a daily basis. Notice when, you, when you're in service of the Lord, you must be in the place. You know, you shouldn't be doing things if you're not in that place for God. You know, the Bible says that Jesus said, go tarry and wait before they went and did anything. In the second chapter of Acts, he, he didn't tell them to go do anything. He said, go wait, tarry and wait for his presence in Acts, the second chapter. So he wanted them to be in that place where they even did service for him. Think about that today. He wants you to be in that place if you're going to do service for him. Why? Because you're more effective. You're going to have a better outcome. You're going to have the ability that you need to have on a daily basis, but you got to be in the place. How long has it been since you spent time in that place? Some of you, you you know, it's been some time. You've been rebelling from it for a long time. You know, you're supposed to live in his place. You can be, you can have peace and joy on a daily basis, unlimited, but yet you, some reason you think you want to go about it on your own, but God wants you to live in that place. When you've been in a place, it changes you. It's amazing. You know, you, you're you more pliable for what God wants you to do, like the potter on the wheel, you know. the and You're able to be more worked with God, and he'll make changes in you, good changes in you, to be a, more of a blessing to others. But you have to spend time in his place. Now let's look at Acts, the, second, the ninth chapter. Acts, the ninth chapter. Do you want to be pliable to God? You want to fulfill the destiny he has for you? Well, you got to live in the place. Acts, the ninth chapter, the first verse, it says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples, and he went to the high priest and asked him for letters to, to the synagogues in the Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And he neared Damascus on his journey, and suddenly what happened? A light from heaven flashed around him. You know, God has light that he wants to put all around you, flash all around you. This made a huge impact on his life, changed him forever, <laughs> right? You think about manifested presence right there in front of you and light shining all around you. You don't think that'll make, that make changes in your life? It did in Paul. Paul's getting letters and he's going threatening to kill Christians right before this happened. And he wants to go take them out. He, and he thought he was doing God a service if you study Paul's life. He was a very religious man. And he thought he was doing God a service. And suddenly he has a direction change in his life. 
causes him to go a different way. He said, well, wait, whoa, this light shines around about him, flashed from heaven, and he fell to the ground is what the scripture says in the fourth verse. And he heard a voice said to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? When you think about it, he had an impact by this light and God's word in that light and his presence, that place that he was supposed to be. And it changed him forever. You know, just being in that place will change you forever. Manifested presence of God, feeling the tangible presence of God in your life. You know, people are hungry for this all over the world. You know, there's scripture that even says in Romans, it says that all creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, waiting for the manifestation. Get that manifestation into this realm of the presence of God on their lives. All creation's waiting for it. Even your dogs want to see the presence of God on your life. Even your cat, your little hamster would love to feel the presence of God in your house. It brings joy to the, the everything in your home and peace to everything in your home when you spend time in his in his play in his presence, right? And he says here in the ninth verse, says, Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. He replied, Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Now, now I don't believe it was just him speaking to him, which God has a huge impact by his words, but I think he felt something tangible. The Bible says light was all around him. He felt and saw something tangible. You know, you say, well, does that really happen? We can feel his presence. You can feel his presence on a daily basis. You're probably feeling it right now. His presence on a daily basis. He wants you to live in it. He wants you to enjoy it on a daily basis. The seventh verse says, the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anything. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. So this was a pretty tangible light. It caused him to go blind. Powerful light caused him to not see. <laughs> you know, God's light's bright. Oh, man. You know, we just got through looking at Moses, and they covered his, it had to cover his head. He was so bright, spending time in his presence, that manifested presence of God. Jesus, when they saw what he really looked like, if you look at the transfiguration, they saw a glowing outfit that he had on. He just he glistered. He couldn't he hardly can describe it in the scriptures. He was just glistering with glory all about all about him. You know, it's powerful to think about how they describes God, you know, in the scriptures. Look at Revelations, how it describes Jesus, just that glistering glory all over his life, you know. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias, and the Lord called him. In a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for the man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying in a vision. And he has seen a man named Ananias come and place hands on him to restore his sight. The Lord Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. See, everybody knew about Saul. Everybody knew about his testimony, how he wanted to take out the Christians. He was the leader to do it. He says, and he was has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who had your all in your name. But the Lord said, Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and to the kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So then Ananias went to the house and entered in, placing his hands on Saul. 
Then he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, he has sent me so that you may see and be filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with his presence. Immediately looked something like his scales from his eyes, Saul's eyes, and he could it fell from his eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. But listen to what it says here. It says, Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus, and at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, this was a man that wanted to take them out, want them all killed. And all of a sudden, he has a change in his life from just one light shone around about him and one word from the Lord. Think about that. Your life can be transformed. Your life can be on a better path. If you spend time in his presence, you weren't supposed to be out of his presence. This gives you the, the indication that Paul was outside of his presence doing things he shouldn't be doing. But if you're in his presence, you're going to do the things God's called you to do. You're going to be on a better path, a path of life. Jesus said, I came to give you life and it more abundantly. A life, a, a path prearranged and picked for you. One translation says, living the good life. It's a good life. God has for every one of us. Notice he was different after experiencing the place, the place of God's manifested presence. How long has it been since you spent time in the place of God's refreshing you? Some of you are saved and you've spent time in that place and you haven't done it in a long time. You need to spend some time in his presence. He may want to talk to you, may have some things he wants to talk to you about, make some changes in you. So for the furtherance of what he wants to do in your life, but you have to spend time in the place. Where is that place? I remember listening a long time ago to T.D. Jakes with a message like this called The Place, you know, talking about the place. Great message there, you know, but God has a special place for you. Romans, the eighth chapter here, and let's look at this real quick here. Romans, the eighth chapter. And the 35th verse, listen to what it says here. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? I've been dwelling in the eighth chapter of Romans for a while. Just, it's been rich, really speaking to me lately. The eighth chapter of uh, Romans, if you haven't read in a while, I would suggest you read it. Romans, the eighth chapter, though, and this is the 35th verse. It says, who shall separate us from a love of Christ? You know, Christ means anointed one, and his anointing is what it means. What is the anointing? We just talked about that. It's the presence of God. Who shall separate us from the presence of God? Think about that. Who shall separate? You know, this presence is everywhere all at one time. Shall tribulation, distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or pearl, or sword? As is written, for thy sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, I said, no. <laughs> and all these things, we are more than conquerors where through him that loved us. We're more than conquerors through him. In the place, people in the place are more than conquerors. Listen, to what it says, For I have persuaded neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present to come, nor height, nor death, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Where is the love of God? He says, Which is in Christ. Notice he puts Christ first. Yeah, he puts Christ Jesus our Lord. Notice, nothing can separate us from Christ Jesus, our Lord. But he puts the emphasis on Christ. Christ isn't Jesus' last name. No, it's not. If you look it up, it's actually the Greek word, Christos, which means anointed. Talking about his presence. Nothing can separate us from 
the presence of Jesus our Lord. You know, nothing can separate you from the presence of Jesus our Lord. He can go out to the streets where everybody are. He can go, he can minister anywhere he wants to. Nothing can separate us from Jesus our Lord. But the only thing that can separate you from him is yourself, right? Nothing else. Nothing. He says nothing can separate you, but you can decide you don't want to be with him. And it's important that we decide on a daily basis. We want to spend time in his presence every day. He doesn't want anything to separate you from it. He wants you to live in it on a daily basis, but you have to decide, I'm going to live there. I'm going to dwell there. And I'm going to get what I need every day to make changes in me there. I'm going to be a person that lives in that peace and that joy every day. And I'm going to be a person that brings it to the world, not just myself, but I'm going to bring it to the world. But you have to spend time in his presence every day. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you, Father, for your place. Father, we thank you that that's the place that we want to be every day. And Father, help us to live in your place on a daily basis, we pray, Father. And Father, if there's some today, Father, that haven't been living there, Father, help them to see how important it is in their lives. Help them to live in that place on a daily basis, we pray. And Father, we thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. If, if you don't know Jesus, you need to know him so you can live in that place on a daily basis. You need to know Jesus. That's the first step to doing that. The Bible says in Romans, the 10th chapter, 9th and 10th verse, it says, if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe God has risen Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. But you got to pray this prayer. Let's pray it together today and so you can be saved. Pray after me. Father, I just believe that you've risen Jesus from the dead. And I confess Jesus as Lord of my life right now. Jesus be Lord of my life right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Well, if you prayed that prayer, I believe you are saved right now. And I believe you, it's important that you write it down so you don't forget it. You know, it's 4.54 here in Central Time. And write that down so you don't forget that this is the time you committed your life to Jesus. And he made that change in you today. And determined to live in his place every day, live in his presence on a daily on a daily basis, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, I'm going to take a few minutes here. I'm going to look at the comments and see if anybody has any questions or if you need prayer today. But uh, we love you. And if you want to email me at Jeremiah S. Ministries, let me know about your testimony or put it in the comments there. Take the time, put it in the comments so I can see your testimonies there. We love you. God bless you, and I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Like I said, I'll, I'll check the comments in just a moment. God bless you. You have a wonderful day. If you'd like to contact us for prayer, praise reports, or offerings, go to jeremiahsmithministries.podbean.com. Thank you for listening.